Welcome to this very special crossover episode entitled Combing the Theology. I am Aaron James, and I am joined by the amazing Allie Henney. Allie, it hey, is everybody. finally happening. Yes, it is. We've talked about this since like, what, January, February, something like that, getting on the mic together. I think like the first time we met in Chicago, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, first time, first time at Jamara's uh, book launch. So yeah, that's been that's been almost like nine months. Dang, <laughs> but it's happened. It's happened. It's been a long time coming, and of course, the reason that we're all on the mic together for this window of time is to bring awareness and for everybody to uh, as many people as possible to participate in joy and justice our first national conference brought to you by The Witness, a Black Christian Collective. It is taking place October 4th through the 5th in Chicago, Illinois at the historic Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. And Allie, I want to ask you at the very beginning, is there anything in particular that you are looking forward to from this conference, Joy and Justice, as we gather in Chicago? Um, so yeah, first of all, I'm just looking forward to getting in Chicago and kicking it with all y'all who's, who's out here. So first of all, I mean, all y'all, that's like the team, uh, the witness team, because we, we, we do a lot whenever we're all together, but also getting to meet some of our other friends, some of our people who just have, have rocked with the podcast, who's been in the groups, who we've known online, people that we haven't even met yet that um, have followed the witness and, have, and has followed our work. I'm, I'm really looking forward to just meeting the people. And then I guess the other thing is getting us all together in that beautiful space of Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church and, and worshiping the Lord and, and hearing a good word. Absolutely. There's something so special that that is just nourishment to my soul whenever we get together as a team right um and you know there's just there's just an energy a synergy the flow of ideas and being challenged and being encouraged and all of those things but then speaking of the conference in particular just being able to join with folks that maybe we've had interaction with on social media but we've never met face to face which is always, well, for the most part, it's good, right? <laughs> More often than not, that's really good. And um, But just even with folks that we're going to meet for the first time, just being in the presence of the Lord together, being encouraged and just anticipating the Lord to do some awesome things within us and through us, man. I'm just, I'm really looking forward to that. So Ali, you and I both serve in pastoral ministry. We both serve within the context of the local church. And, um, you know, you at this point in time, you're even serving, you know, you were serving while you were continuing your theological education. How's that going for you? Oh my goodness. So yeah, I had actually uh, stepped out of full-time ministry whenever I went into seminary, but then my school requires what they call like an apprenticeship which is just a fancy word for internship. And so I had done that uh, for about a year. And so I just completed that in June. So now I'm back to the full-time student mode. But let me tell you, even just having that reduced course load, but still having to carry the responsibilities of working with the church. And it was a church plant. So it was, so that was another kind of adventure on top of that. So it wasn't like an established church where, you know, stuff is going and people, people need, you know, you, know you, you have positions and stuff established and all that. So working with this church plant, like one week I'd be leading worship, the next week I'd be preaching, another week I'd be doing something else. It's like, I think one time I taught the kids, 
which I didn't have to do that again, which I mean, I like, I'm, I'm a youth pastor or used to be a youth pastor, not so much a children's pastor. So I, I don't know how that went, but anyway, it's just, it's been a crazy season. Man, youth pastor. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I have this saying called youth pastor for life. Cause I served in youth ministry. Look, yes. I started serving in youth ministry in the mid 1990s. Don't laugh at me. All right. Um, you're not, you're not too far. You're not too far <laughs> ahead of me, which I was, I was young whenever I started in ministry, but I started in like the, the early 2000s, early mid 2000s. So okay. not too far behind. Yeah. Yeah. And just seeing all of the transitions and things like that. And I loved it. You know, there's still always just even as, as an associate pastor and now as a lead pastor and church planter, um, there's always just a special place in my heart for youth ministry. It was so adventurous. And, um, even sometimes dangerous. I just thank God for his yes. grace and mercy oh, Lord. and his protection. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and providence and all of those things, right? He, so, he saw us through. Listen, listen, didn't he? So, you know, in discussing, uh, there's something that I really wanted to talk to you about because I'm just really anticipating great uh, and just, uh, just really profound insight from you and your particular experience. And that is leadership within the local church context, right? And when did you know that ministry was something that that you wanted to do? I guess specifically, when did you really begin to feel that burden of God's call and 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 know like, you know what, this is something that I feel like the Lord is calling me to devote my life to and and something that I want to pursue. So yeah, I was uh, 18 years old. Um, I was at a youth ministry conference with a youth group. It was just some of my friends. Um, they had invited me to be part of their their worship team and stuff at their church. And so I was invited to go to this conference. So I went and I had been kind of feeling, you know, some some leanings and kind of nudging, nudging and stuff toward ministry uh, before that. But, but that was really kind of the moment. Being at that conference, there's a moment where um, there was an altar call and there was some, because I was, you know, 18, senior in high school. And so there was a bunch of middle school kids that were in the group. So kind of as an 18 year old, it's like, oh, here, let's corral the middle school kids. Each of you get like four little middle school girls that you get to be with. And a couple of my girls went down to the altar to pray. And so I went down there with them and was praying for them. And I just felt the Lord speak to me. This is what you're supposed to do. And I realized like, oh, I'm, I'm called to ministry. I'm at the time felt specifically called to be a youth pastor. So that's been years and years and years ago now, but that was kind of the, the the moment. And so I kind of, since that 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 moment happened in 2004, which I had already been serving um, since 2003, but that but that moment um, was really just kind of catalytic for me. And I just realized like this is what I want to do. So I've been I've been in full time ministry, part time and full time ministry uh, since 2003, and then really feeling the calling on it since 2004. Oh wow! You know what's interesting about my particular journey is that I had this desire to preach when I was just a boy, right? So I remember preaching to like like, uh, toys in my room um, when I was in elementary school. And um, me and my cousins used to get together and we used to play church, you know? Oh my so, goodness. Like, you know, you, you ever played church when you were coming up, you know? And, and we, you know, and, and the tradition that I came up in, you know, uh, there were robes. And so like, we didn't have robes. So I remember one time we took somebody's graduation gown. <laughs> and, uh, while, we were, while we were playing and and that was that was the preaching rope and and we would take turns preaching and I just had this 
this desire, like, honestly, man, for almost as long as I can remember going all the way back into my childhood to preach. And, um, but I must say it, it never, it, it took me a while to really understand the gravity of it and how preaching isn't the, it's just a, it's just a part of ministry. Preaching isn't ministry in and of itself, specifically if you're leading, you know, uh, uh, pastorally with, within the local church. And man, I'm just so grateful to the Lord for his grace because man, I I still have so much to learn, but I was just a mess. Like if I'm just, if we're just being like absolutely just real, I was just an absolute mess. And I had to learn that you can be gifted, but if you don't have godly character, if you're not being matured in your character, then uh, it could be a pretty destructive cocktail, you know? Because you know you could either end up hurting yourself and and or hurting other people along the way, you know, and and so one of the things that I've learned is that as I'm around other ministers of the gospel, as I'm around other pastors, man, everyone has a philosophy of ministry, kind of you know a ministry ethos, principles that 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 we share a, a great deal in common, but there are some unique things, and so. I'm interested in hearing yours. Like, how would you articulate your philosophy of ministry at this point in your ministry? Wow. So that's a, that's a big question. Um, so I'm 34 now. I've been in ministry since I was about 18. And I think that if you were uh, to ask me this, if you were to have asked me this question 10 years ago, my answer would have been, you know, I want to, I want to see revival. I want to see, I want to see souls one to the kingdom. I want to see God's church, his kingdom built and blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying that any of those things are, are bad. And that's, and that that's necessarily um, a bad philosophy of ministry to have, um, you know, people coming to know the Lord is something that is still very dear to my heart local church ministry. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a local church person. Like I totally want to see the local church built. I want to see local church, like just I, like, I don't know. That's something that, that always kind of makes me sad. Like oh, yeah. whenever you see churches that are just kind of like, they're just kind of surviving. And whenever churches close their doors, like that's just, that's just a difficult thing to, to, to see. But what I realize now, cause, cause I've been in, I've been in that space of of revival of oh the, the Lord is moving and we're and we're seeing we're seeing miracles we're seeing God do stuff and being in that space also of just you know a church that's that's uh, that's growing like crazy and something that I think that I that I've realized that I that I've missed in all these years is and it wasn't that discipleship wasn't important but I think that what I what I missed in a lot of this was just taking care of the people. And not always, I think that, that especially like whenever you're young in ministry, you're always, you're just trying to go and you're just trying to do something. And it's not even necessarily trying to like make a name for yourself. You're just out here and you're just, and you're just going and, and, and building and all that type of stuff. And, it, and mm. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But at the end of the day, I like, you know, I've, I've pastored youth groups. I've been um, administrative pastor of the church. I've been an associate pastor. I've served in, only thing that I really haven't done um, is, is be a lead pastor yet. Um, but something that I, that I realized is that like people, people come and go and these times come, come and go and your, your faith can, can change. It can reshape. It can, it can be redefined. But if we're not giving somebody something 
just something tangible that they can hold on to, something that they can be anchored to. Because once the lights burn out, once the next church fad changes, once, you know, they, they get tired of singing the same songs all the time, what's left? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can relate to that uh, so closely because, you know, when you're, when you're beginning, there's a lot of zeal, there's a lot of passion and you're absolutely right there. And, and you just want to do right. You just want to run. And, and I remember feeling that way, but then I also remember really coming to grips with the fact that there was a big difference between the preaching and holding services and doing like that and genuinely caring for people. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a task oriented person, you know, and, and I'm also an introvert and in some ways I'm a, I'm a deep introvert. Right. And, um, which, you know, (laughs) the Lord is like, yep, I'm calling you. Um, but, um, and I remember having this moment, um, in, in my prayer closet with the Lord, like actually like crying out to him, like father, um, like I'm a task oriented person. What am I, what am I doing here? You ever have those moments where you're just like, you know, you're calling out to the Lord, like what's going on? You know, what am I doing here? I'm a, I'm a task oriented person and I'm in this pastoral role and I never forget the spirit of God just, just ministered so gently, but so clearly to, to, to my soul. And, and he just said, listen, your task is my people. And it just made sense for me. From that moment, it just made sense and just really beginning to see, like you said, you know, the desire to see the local church really build, the desire to see the local church grow and and, and develop. It really is caring for the people of God and serving the people of God. And that is a major, major factor. Um, and, And it's something that can sometimes be be missed when we're younger, you know, because we're so yep. full of zeal and, yeah. and, and all of those things. But, and, and, and it, it was a, it was a very real turning point because when I took over, you know, how sometimes in church, there are these messy transitions. <laughs> oh Lord. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so when I became a youth pastor, I was still active duty in the Marines. And so I was bivocational at that point. And the transition was a little messy. And so you know, you had some young people who were like, hey, yay. And then others was like, man, we don't know you, you know. Well. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I remember this, this just, just coming to this understanding with the Lord's help, of course, that, listen, you got to like, this is the long run. Win them. You, you're going to like, as you serve, you have, you have to, you have to earn trust. You know, it, it's not just going to be mm. given to you. What have been some of your well, experiences with that? Because the kingdom is, is, is based on relationships. You know, it's not just about what we do. It's how we relate to one another. It's how we connect to one another. And so what's been your journey in that in terms of, you know, not just caring for people, but even in terms of like gaining trust and winning trust? Yeah, you know, that's something that that I'll, I'll tell a story of kind of what are my failures. I think it's easy to get in kind of these types of situations and you want to tell like all your triumphs or you even maybe want to tell like some of the gory stories. But I'll just tell you just just one of my kind of like blah kind of kind of thing. So a few years ago, I had become a youth pastor at a church that I didn't have any uh, real connection or relationship to. I, I had a friend who just who had attended there very briefly, knew they needed a youth pastor put my name in the hat. The Lord was kind of like, Hey, maybe you should, you should try this. So I did. And so this was a a youth ministry that 
um, it was it was big at one point. I think that they that they had and it was a very small town. So I mean, but they but they were running like I think close to 60, 70, 80 kids, something like that. And then some different things happened and and they ended up and I think it had gotten down to about four whenever I was there, maybe maybe eight, something like that whenever whenever I was there. And so they were definitely were, you know, excited uh to to have a new youth pastor. But then I was kind of in a precarious situation because I was also uh very pregnant with with one of my children. And I was very sick whenever I was pregnant. And so I wasn't able to really kind of go and do and to kind of have that whole uh, youth pastor energy that I, that I needed to have that I, that I wanted to have. I just, I physically couldn't do it. And that whole kind of component of, of earning their trust of like with, cause with teenagers, I mean, you know, you, you, the way that you earn their trust a lot of times is by doing stuff with them is by, is by being in their lives is by go. It's not just like in the church setting, it's going out with them. It's, it's taking them to, to the, the, the uh, frozen yogurt place. It's going to their football games. It's doing all that kind of stuff. Well, I was very limited in what I could do. And so, you know, I, I was at, I was in this position for about a year, um, I resigned. I wasn't. I wasn't fired. I probably would have been fired. I, I don't know what would have happened. Um, mm-hmm. But I. But I resigned for for other for other reasons. But just in that space of having to to earn people's trust, I, I had to learn because in other positions that I had been in, the reason why I tell this story is that other positions I had been in, it had been in churches either where I had. Uh, been there for a while and so then I as so then easing into a position and and so you know teenagers already know me already have rapport with people or just even you know being somebody who is who is well respected in the church or just different sets of kids that that uh different personalities and and that type of stuff that were that were more um amicable to, to having a, a new youth pastor and having somebody that was just because the other factor in this is that I was just very different from the kids that, um, that I was leading. And so, and that hadn't ever happened. Uh, that hadn't really ever happened to me before where I was just so dramatically different in terms of not just my race, but in terms of personality, in terms of interests, in terms of all that type of stuff. And so it really, I I really had to, had to step outside of myself and kind of, kind of learn how to, um, you know, put myself in the position of vulnerability and kind of learn how to lead, not just from the place of, okay, you know me, you like me, you trust me or whatever, but leading from the place of, okay, like you, you like really don't know me. And like, you, you don't know my, my track record. Like you don't, you don't have, like, you don't know this stuff. And so, and so having to kind of lean from that, lead from that place and kind of having them um, be able to, to do some things and see some successes. And that, and that's one thing that, that you talk about trust that I think is so important. So something that I actually want to ask you about, cause you came, you came back, um, you said something about, about being an introvert and being a pastor. And I'm also a deep introvert and a pastor. And so I'm just wondering, you know, how do you, how do you manage that? Being, being like a task oriented person, being a, being an introvert, person how do you manage uh pastoring people and and leading and shepherding god's people because there certainly can be you know some pitfalls with that one of the one of the ways in which i believe the lord has really helped me is that um even as an introvert sometimes people mistakenly believe that introverts don't like people yeah and and the, the truth of the matter is introverts love and like people just as much as extroverts do um it's just that I believe that we, when we are, when we're spending time with people, I think we don't do surface stuff very well, you know, um, like right. I don't do like surface kind of superficial relational stuff very well. Um, and you know, like whenever I meet someone new, it, it's not that, 
it, it's, I, I'm thinking like, I'm honestly thinking like, where is this going? <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, okay. like, cause I really, because one of the things that I like to use in that alley is I believe that everyone has a name and everyone has a story. And I find that fascinating, whether within the context of the local church or whenever I'm out and about um, in non-church settings, everyone has a name and everyone has a story. That's and it. there is something that, uh, is, that, that is profoundly humanizing to people <laughs> when you learn their name and learn their story. And, and that helps me out a great deal. Um, because, you know, I, I see, I see a lot of stuff just like in these little narratives, you know, and, 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 and every person has, has their own, has their own unique narrative in some ways and, and, and their own journey. And so that helps me out. That helps me out a great deal. Um, and also knowing that the way in which I recharge and the way in which my soul is replenished is solitude. And so like, you know, and, 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 and I'm encouraged because Jesus himself did that. You know, Jesus was like, he was with the crowds, but then the scriptures teach us in the gospels that the Lord himself would withdraw to commune with the father and, 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 and to rest. And, and so, um, now I, I will admit that I, I sometimes need to be pulled out of that solitude. <laughs> like, like I'll be, you know, and, and which, which is, I, which I just, I can't, man, I'm so grateful for like my wife and, and our children because, you know, um, whether it's been like, you know, military service and, you know, the rank and the accolades that went along with that, or, or even serving in the local church with your family, you know, there's a way in which like when I'm home, I'm not pastor, I'm dad, you know, I'm Aaron. Yeah. You know, um, and so, and it's not that I'm two different people. I'm not two different people. I'm the same person, but the expectations, like, like for instance, like, I guess what I'm saying is my my children don't look at me like with this weird kind of like, you know, like my kids don't call me pastor, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, and they help me out a lot because most of our kids are very outgoing and I get to just kind of like be goofy and let my hair down. Um, not the hair on my head because I'm losing <laughs> hair on my face. Uh, <laughs> let the beard go out. You know, I was saying, let the beard, let the beard go down. And does that make sense though? You know, like these, and 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 that's how that's how I'm 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 replenished. It's it's how it's how I'm renewed. Um, and then it's funny too because uh, again, maybe another misconception uh, about introverts is is that we're not expressive. But oh, I'm a yeah. very very expressive person. And, um, and, and so they, you know, and so like, I love music and so I, and so just different things like that, you know, th- those things, you know, help me out a whole lot, you know, so that when I do engage people, you know, because I believe we minister out of who we are and where we are. Yes, that's so true. That, that you know, is- and so to the degree that the cup is full, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Uh, and, you know, we all have those times that are, that are rougher than others and God's grace is sufficient, whether we feel up to the task or not. But yeah, that's kind of some ways that, you know, I, I try to, I try to walk out a healthy rhythm with that. That's really awesome. That's, that's really super helpful, especially you thinking about kids and kind of how with children, how it's like really easy to, uh, 
just kind of lose yourself a little bit, like not in your, not lose yourself like in a bad way, but kind of lose yourself like with your, with your family where you're not yeah. just like, where you're not just like in this place where you've got to, uh, you know, put on, put on, I don't want to say like put on a facade, like you, you walk around like putting on airs or whatever, but there's a different, there's just a different way that you walk in spaces as a leader versus whenever you don't have any responsibilities like exactly. I, I i have because i've been in ministry i've you know i've moved a couple of times um right now you know i'm in the i'm in the process of, of finding a different church and stuff and so it's different to be in a space and be a leader versus being in a space and not being seen as as a leader and so the family is always great whenever your family can can kind of be that safe space and your and your spouse and your children will certainly disabuse you of any high flute notions that you have of yourself as Come a person on. and if they don't then i would probably say that you're doing something wrong that that you're that you're instilling i don't know maybe not but maybe you're instilling some kind of weird like kind of facade or fear in your kids and your family or whatever because most of the time your your, your kids and your and your family like they don't like you know who you is period you know what i'm saying like it, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of hard to be you know this 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 mythical mighty man of faith and power when you're washing the dishes and sweeping the floor and you know taking the dog out well, well see, i have kids i still have one that's still partially in diapers so we're, we're potty training so it's like you know it's hard to it's hard to empty that potty and uh, <laughs> that's that's where i'm at right now empty the potty or deal with like the loose teeth and and the the tantrums and all that type of stuff. That's the phase that I'm at right now. Yeah, that's where, that's where I'm living. Now, one of the things that I've recognized is that we are all to some degree. I mean, like, like our growth and our formation in the Lord doesn't happen in isolation. That that there are influences that that have worked to shape us in the form of person to person mentoring and and relationships and even people that we read uh, from a distance and that we interact with you know uh, from a distance. Who or what has helped to shape the way that you lead at this point? Wow. So hmm, let me think about that for a second. Um, so. I would say it's I, I think I, I think I have like probably about four of things I can that I can rattle off. Um, first of all, just black women in general. Like I think mm. that that black women are very pastoral people. I mean, not everybody, but I think that that like I don't know. I should like write something called like the ministry of black women or something because I think that that just by just kind of the way that we are and the way that we have to to move throughout the world we're always kind of taking care of other people. We're always kind of seeing to attending to other people's needs, making sure that other people are taken care of. And there's good and bad in that. And, and there, there are ways that you can look at that and be like, Oh, that's, that's negative. Like that's horrible. That's like a mammy stereotype. Um, but there's others, but there's other ways in which I think that that's positive. So I say like the first thing would be black women. Um, the second thing is that's really kind of weird is I look at like uh, my band director in high school, my choir director in high school and my theater director in high school because they all and they were and all three of them were, were white women and they had to leave like this group of these groups, multiple groups of, of rowdy teenagers to do something, to, to do a task. So, you know, like, like my band director 
leaving a group of, of like 60 kids to get out on a football field every week or to sit in a in a room and and learn music to to put on a concert plus because you're with that person so much you're with those kids so much you really kind of become like a like a second parent or you become um a, a confidant like i was really super close uh, to my band director i was really super close to my to all three of them and so that's something that cuz you're cuz you're doing so much and at their times in my life whenever those three women um saw me more than my own mother did at, at different points and oh, so wow. like there's there's an aspect where you're having to where you're having to uh shepherd and and lead people and so you're having to sit in the office with the with the girl whose boyfriend just dumped her and you're having to, to sit down and, and have the difficult conversation with somebody who's who's doing something wrong um you have to sit down and have the, the you know, people would come to you and they're and they're dealing with 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 crisis they're dealing with different with different things that are going on at home and you have to and you have to come and you and you have to and you have to deal with that and you have to do it in a way because there's, I mean, first of all, you know, there's, there's laws kind of governing how, how you interact um, with, with teenagers and stuff. And so, so you have to, you have to walk in integrity. Mm-hmm. There's, there's people have their, their different life and stuff that they, that they're, that they're living like, you know, there's school and then there's home. So you have to manage kind of some of the tension there. So I think that, that those, that those women and kind of that, that role is something um, early on that I kind of learned about caring for people and about how to, to kind of be somebody that you're, that you're leading people, but you're also kind of um, caring and nurturing and developing people because of course, um, you know, with, with fine arts, you're not just, you don't, kids don't come to you knowing how to do, how to play an instrument. They don't come to you knowing how to play a saxophone. You have to teach them. They don't, they don't come to you. They might come to you with some natural talent of being able to sing, but you have to teach them to be able to sing with a choir. They, they might have some natural acting ability, but you've got to teach them how to, how to be on stage. And so I think that, that that's kind of a form of discipleship. And so I kind of learned discipleship and learned and learned some pastoral ministry from, from that context. And then the other context is something even, even just uh, recently I mentioned that I had done um, a ministry internship and the, and the pastor um, who I served under uh, during that, during that, uh, during that internship, she was just a great, she was a great person. I learned so much from her. Um, We're fairly close in, in age, um, but she was, is, she's just like a few years older than me. So we're kind of just steps kind of away from one another. So she's somebody that I can, that I can serve with, but at the same time learn from. And so that relationship has been something that's really has, has formed me here in the past year. And then uh, several years ago, I guess, I mean, I mean, that's just been probably about eight years ago, whenever I started, um, attending a church that I used to, I lived in, in another state and my pastor there was just this, this humble little, little guy who's probably about my, my mom's age and just, just older guy, very, very humble, very meek, but is probably one of the best pastors that I just have ever seen. Just, um, you know, he, he was very smart, very learned in the word of God. But at the same time, he cared so much for people, and he had such a burden for people. And that's something um, that I've seen. I've seen awesome, awesome pastors that have a burden for people. But there was just something so unique about Pastor Scott that he was just so—I don't know how to describe it—but just I, I realized, like as a as a pastor, I realized I won't have that same energy as him. But if I can at least like take some of take some of what he has and bottle that up as a, as a leader, I want that. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That is awesome. I love hearing about that because, you know, and, and I think even the way you talked about your experience in theater and band and, and, and in chorus, those principles really do relate to the way I think mentoring and discipleship and relationships should work within the local church. 
For instance, I believe within the local church, we need mothers and fathers, we need sisters and brothers, and we need sons and daughters. You know that 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 those levels of relationship. You know, yeah. Um, you know because Timothy had Paul, and 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 Paul was was a father figure of sorts. You know, he he referred to Timothy as his son in the faith, and and so there was a manner in which Timothy drew from Paul in, in that way. But Paul also had contemporaries, and uh, you know he had he had folks that you know like like Barnabas. You know. And, and Silas, who, who, were, who were his contemporaries. And we all need those levels of relationship that work within the context of the local church. It's really important. And that's why um, it's, it's important that we also honor the more mature saints in our congregations, you know, that, that as we yes. serve and, and pray for the Lord to add and, and, and as he sees fit to our local churches, we need more mature saints. Like we need older that. saints in the church. We need folks that have been on this earth and walking with Jesus a whole lot longer than we've been um, because there's such a wealth of wisdom. And not only do we need them, there also needs to be this, this recognition that that we don't wait for them. Like there is something that just bestows so much honor in actually taking the initiative and going to get it, you know, yes. going to, to, to get that wisdom. Uh, one of my favorite examples, if I could just nerd out because I am sipping coffee from a star Wars stormtrooper cup right now, <laughs> is uh, yeah. that when Luke Skywalker was, 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 developing in his Jedi training. He went to the Dagobah system looking for Yoda, but Yoda didn't go looking for Luke. Yoda was good. Yoda was in the swamp. You know, he was old. He was just doing his thing, but it was, it was the young one that was up and coming that had to take the initiative to go and, and find Yoda and, and, and make a withdrawal on that wisdom. And, and so that's why, that's why that is really so important for us to have that. That's a dynamic that like, if everybody's young and there's just all this energy and and that may look good for a while, but I just don't believe that it's healthy, nor is it sustainable. Okay. Um, So you just hit one of my soapboxes. So can I, can I get on my soapbox for a minute? Go, go, go. Now I've already mentioned I'm a youth pastor. I've been. I'm not. I've, see, I can't. You all, youth pastor for life. I've been a youth pastor in years. Youth pastor for life. But anyway, so I mean, I've I've ministered to teenagers. I love youth. I love the the, the drive and the zeal that 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 teenagers and that young adults have. And even as a teen and young adult, it was like, yes, I want to be like, I want to be out there and want to be living my life and and doing my thing and making a difference for for the kingdom of God and the church. But something that I've noticed as of late in the church culture, um, so I've been in ministry since like 2003, so I've, so I've seen some things, I've seen some changes that have come and gone in the church. And so oh, no doubt. I have noticed is, and some of it I think it, it is, has flown out of like those worship wars that were going on, depending on what denomination you were, but they were go, they might, you might still be fighting them um, depending on what denomination you are now. Um, but, but really they were kind of at, the, at their peak, kind of in the mid to late 2000s. And th- I think that it, that it started from there. But there's this whole kind of, um, where, where we got on this kick where it was like, yo, you know, don't despise the youth, which I mean, you know, that's, you know, despise not your youth. I, I, that's Bible. But I think that the pendulum has swung so far the other way that we fetishize that we, that we uh, put 
youth culture on a pedestal. And we do, we, we want everything to be new. We want everything um, to, to pop and to, and to wow and, mm. to, and to everything in ministry because we want to be relevant to the young people, which I totally get. I mean, as a, as a youth pastor that watch kids just, just you know, fly out of church because it was like, I don't get this. As a, as a young person that almost left the church myself because it was like, this doesn't feel rel- relevant to me. I totally get it. But I think that we have overcorrected the ship to the point where we're so youth oriented that our congregations have actually become, first of all, just kind of ageist where older Come people on. are just aware where the people who are singing on the platform the, for the most part and the people who are, who are playing music for the most part and the people who are, are in any kind of real kind of capacity for the most part are people who are younger than 35 or maybe 40 or younger. And so I, I, I served in a ministry for a while where I, and I was in my late twenties where I was like one of the older, wiser people. And I realized like, that's like, that ain't right. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 26, 27, 28 years old. And like, you know, we, but we've got people that are, you know, 16, 17, 18, 20 something years old, but just, it was a church, but the ministry itself was just, was just very, was just very young. And so some of the oldest people in the, in the ministry were old enough to be my parents, but there's only you know, like a handful of them. And I just feel like that, that we just have reached this place in the church where we, where we despise anything old. And I think that that has hurt us, not just in terms of discipleship, but I also think that that's hurt our ecclesiology too. And so, so to just be, you know, seminary nerd and weird out, I think it's hurt. I think it's hurt us liturgically. Yes. That we, is that, is that, and once again, I'm cool with like guitars. I'm cool with drums. I'm cool with singing the brand new, new song that like just is fresh out the box. Like I'm great with that. But at the same time, once again, just stuff that I've noticed, I've been in the ball game a long time is that I've noticed that some of the, that some of these, that some of these ways that we do ministry, we're producing people, I'm afraid that we're producing people who are totally ignorant of their heritage, not just as like an individual, but their heritage as Christians. So like people who can't recite the Lord's prayer and don't even know what that is. People who, now I didn't grow up in creedal Christianity, but I was able to like, like, cause I, cause my, my husband, when we were, we were dating, he, his family was Lutheran. And so we would visit their church. I could read the Nicene Creed and know, oh yes, I agree with that. Like this is, this is what I believe. Even though I didn't attend a church that says it, I question now if Christians even have the, if there are Christians who even have the ability to do that, to know what, what it is that they, that they believe in their faith. And so I just, so all of that, just to say that I really, really think that, that we have to get off of this kick as a, as a church, as, 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 as the church, the, the global church, capital C church, it's not any one individual church that I'm, that I'm talking about. I'm just talking about just in general, where we, where we, don't despise the old people. And with that said, because I think for so long, for, for years and years, it was about tradition and it was about keeping everything mm-hmm. the same that has always been. And so we've overcorrected. And so now it's like people don't know, we're birthing baby Christians that don't even know where they came from. And that's a problem. My Lord. So Listen. I think that we got to hold the middle ground. Can we, can we know where we came from, but not be beholden to, to tradition? I love it. You know, if we don't recognize that the nature of our faith and the way that the Lord works, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? 
and, well, and that and that the way in which the Lord deals and, and the way in which the Lord has always dealt with his covenant people, he doesn't start over at the beginning of every generation, but every generation builds off of what the Lord has done yes. and is doing in the previous generation. And we're standing on the shoulders of the shoulders of the shoulders of the shoulders of the saints who have gone before us. And we neglect that rich heritage and legacy, um, man, to our own detriment. It, it really does us so much harm. And, and so thank you for sharing that, Allie. That, that was just so rich and so helpful. And so, listen, we're here and we're all on the mic because, like, um, like I said at the beginning, uh, we want everyone to be aware of the fact that October 4th through the 5th, Joy and Justice, the very first national conference put on by the witness of Black Christian Collective. And so, Allie, for those of you who have may have just been listening to you for the first time, where can everyone find you on social media? So yeah, I think one of the best places that you can go is AllieHenny.com because I got to sound like super like fancy and like whatever here and it's really not that (laughs) fancy, but it's a portal that will connect you to all the things that I'm doing. That is kind of fancy. There are, there are a few things that, that I need to, that I still need to post to my website that I haven't yet. But anyway, so that's the easiest way, but I'm I'm on, I'm on, and so like my, my website it has my Twitter feed. It has my Instagram. It has my Facebook. So that's so that's kind of like the easy way um, to connect to everything. But pretty much, like I'm Allie Henny everywhere. My my Twitter handle is the Armchair Com. But if you if you like short for the Armchair Commentary, that's that's the name of my blog. But if you if you search for Allie Henny, you'll probably find me, or you'll find somebody that really likes Hennessy and has their last name or whatever is Henny. And so that gets kind of weird um, because like my actual last name is Henny. But anyway, um, so yeah, you could, you could find me uh, out here on these internet. Awesome. 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 And what was that website? One more time, Alec. www.allyhenny.com. So A-L-L-Y-H-E-N-N-Y. Awesome. Awesome. It's so awesome uh, just to share the mic with you. I actually look forward to whenever we get the chance doing this again, Ali. It's yes. been it's been awesome. And uh, the host of Combing the Roots, y'all, check out that podcast. It's so awesome to be on, be on with Wait, you Wait, hold, hold up, Aaron, Aaron. Oh, yeah, Aaron, where, yeah. Where, where, can we, where can we find you at? On oh, these? yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I thought you were going to self-promote. So I'm sitting here like, what? <laughs> Listen, no. I am a notorious, like, I'm terrible at self-promotion. All right. So uh, you can find Follow me on Twitter at Aaron James, very plain. That's Aaron with an E, E-A-R-O-N. And, um, you know, I've been uh, fumbling through this podcast project called Theology Q&A. And so you can check me out. We're on iTunes and um, other other platforms as well that I just, for some reason, I am not recalling. So, yeah. Are you you on Spotify and Google? I think so. I'm I'm on Spotify and Google. So I'm pretty sure if I'm on Spotify and Google, you're on Spotify and Google. Yeah, yeah. So... Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for teeing that up for me. That's all right. That's all right. That's, what, that's <laughs> our team. That's what we do. Yes. Yes. <laughs>